The people you go see, buy those scratch offs, yes, and see, they're scratching off right, right at the things that, that, like, are sta- that are wasting your yeah. time standing in line. Go well, I, I have one of them number uh, number ones there, and then give me the uh, two of the number twos, and then hang on, is that what's, one? Wait a minute, wait a minute. That voice? Is that one a winner there? Uh, I don't Who's know if this? that one's a winner. That sounds uh, like that sounds like profiling. But the, the profiling is well, wrong because they're idiots. <laughs> I was thinking about that as I was driving in this morning. What are the odds of me going e-brake free for 2023? <laughs> Not good. You know, you know the last time Not you said good. this, how long it took? It did like 30 seconds. Yes. It was like the next sentence. <laughs> I'm going to make an effort. Okay. I'm going to make an effort. Well, I mean, you're not starting off very well. How's that? You just called me Rick. Result. It was straight cash money, homie. Eight hundred. So one time I ate thirteen BLTs in college. <laughs> hello, hello. Did we lose the T box? They're here. I can hear them talking. So they're just not. Kern is not in his ear telling him. No. <sighs> How much time we got? We're back. Oh, Welcome uh, back. I'm glad hey, you're here. What's up? Sorry about that. Oh, no. We were enthralled. Conrad oh, Schindler no. was out here. I have a mental disorder. Old school bitch. Abu Dabu. Yeah. Hey, good morning. It is 8.02-ish on Sports Radio 96.7, The Ticket. It is Saturday morning, January 28th. Gosh, January's almost over. And if it's this day and normally around this time, then you have the T-Box going on its 29th year along with The Ticket. I'm Rick Arnett, and today we have Eli Jordan, our executive editor. Because I didn't I make you an executive editor. I believe you did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of Avid Golfer Magazine, formerly of Country Force. You hear him, you love him during uh, Dry Dock, during the holidays. And today we are at the greatness of Crest Cars, the last Saturday of the month. We are in the Infinity Showroom. They also have Volvo and Cadillac. They have specials on everything, great financing, and some of the best service departments around. They will take excellent care of you. And if you buy a car here, I know this firsthand, they will detail your car twice a year yeah, for free. And they, it's a true detail job. It's not just, let's just hose it off and dry it. Well, no. they'll wash it anytime. Yes. But they will detail it a couple of times a year, yeah. Yeah, I brought my daughters in one day because she has two dogs and the back seat looked like a kennel, and they made it look like <laughs> brand new. It's awesome. Yeah, for so, sure. And I don't know too many other dealers that do that, that do free car detailing. So if you have a an affinity for an Infiniti or a Volvo, a Cadillac, or a a high-end pre-owned car. Steph just got hers. There you go. My wife. I saw it. that. It was gorgeous. Pre-owned uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland a couple weeks back. It'd be lovely. It is beautiful she loves it and you know what happy wife happy life absolutely 
And so we'll be here for the next two hours. We're talking golf and all that implies and some other stuff. But I uh, want to introduce the crew. We have Kern out here engineering. Morning, buddy. Good morning. Wearing an Abbott golfer shirt. Yes, I am. Always wears the uniform. He does. He does. He's, He's a, great, a company man. He's a great bull boy. Company man. I try. Back at the station, back for a triumphant return, is one Connor Caldwell. Good morning. Uh, refresh. Yeah, give us, give us 30 seconds on Connor Caldwell. Go. Of course. Play it or watch it? Huh. Play it a little bit. What does that mean? Hmm. All right, all right. You said you're a hockey guy. Do you play hockey? He just said that. <laughs> well, no, he said he played golf. No, but he said he used he started off playing hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Junior league? Hmm. They have a club team there? Okay, so it's a club. I, I feel like down south, most of the universities don't actually have, like, university teams. They're all club teams. Is that pretty accurate? You know who has a good club team? Oklahoma. Really? Yeah, OU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. Yeah, okay, so, uh, and then you've been at the ticket how long? Hmm. Very good. Well, good to have you on board yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, triumphant return and we have one ryan baldwin doing tickers twice an hour morning to you uh excellent we is fine are you doing a double shift today are you doing uh just killing time today or is that the daddy who's doing uh who's doing just killing time with dotty Oh, okay. I had that written down for some reason. That's why he's not doing our show today. That's correct. Oh, I get it. Moving, moving up in the world. Ooh, remote too. Look at that. Big money time. Big good, money. Good job on the ticket sales staff. Get some uh, weekend shows out there. Mm-hmm. All right. This show proudly sponsored by your PGA Tour Superstores. They have the new uh, drivers in. They have the uh, Paradigm Callaway. They have the Stealth 2, which is tailor-made, and they have the new Ping G430. I have the G425. I am uh, I love it. very interested in the new Paradigm. I've been playing the Callaway Maverick for yeah. about four years. It's time. Maybe about time for an upgrade. I think so. I think so. I'm amazed. <clears throat> we talk about PGA Tour Superstores, or we talk about pure swing anywhere you go get fitted i'm amazed how much the shaft matters i always thought that was the marketing <laughs> you can mark that um <laughs> is it too early in the morning for that no it's okay. never too early but i always thought it was kind of marketing hocus pocus because no because shaft because golf shafts can get really expensive yes, they, they can. get really exotic but it does matter but you can find one that's affordable that fits what you need but yeah there's I a mean, tipping point yes i've talked to some fitters and they would say you know their tipping point typically is 50 to 60 dollar upgrade on a shaft mm-hmm. and then after that it's kind of like a nice bottle of wine if you can afford it great but do you really get that much out of it especially for a you know mid-level amateur like we are yeah you know. it's if you're, if you're like a pro balls. then yeah it makes difference but i think it's like golf balls mm-hmm 
All right. You also have a golf moose that you can check out. We have both Cheryl Parks up, which never are discounted. Uh, Golfmoose.com, Tango Ridge, Prairie Lakes, uh, Waterview, Hidden Creek, Grand Oaks. We have uh, Wolf Dancer, which is now called Lost Pines down in... uh, that area called it's hill country i forget this it's exact area but uh, then courses of waters creek champion circle you still got to stay and play at links at lands End. so Ooh. check that out all and, kinds of stuff and our new uh upcoming avid golfer magazine which our executive editor has his fingers in everything uh, i think you will be most delighted at our cover because this is our 25th year anniversary it is and we're we're recalling and bringing back some of the hits Mm-hmm. And this might be the one that put us on the map more than anything. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. That is still clamored for. Yes, that is correct. And uh, so check that out. That should be out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, probably by the end of next week, I would guess it'll be. Uh, At least be able to see it online, shelves. right? Yes, absolutely. MyAvidGolfer.com. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get this show on the road. we got a lot to get to. We have some delicious rumors. We'll try and substantiate it or, or knock it down uh, next. But before we talk about that. Let's get to the greatness of Premier Greens. Yeah, Rick, absolutely. And Premier Greens, they are what you would consider to be best in class if you want backyard synthetic turf or backyard putting green. Nick Barton, Jason Schultz. Jason actually played on tour for a little bit, so they know what they're doing. They design championship caliber backyard greens. Just for you, they roll exactly like natural grass. They can be designed to roll to the speed of your choosing. If you are a country club player and you want your backyard green to roll at 12 on the stint meter, they can do that. If you mm-hmm. want it more municipal type, 9, 10 on the stint meter, yep. something a little more reasonable, they can do that. The work is absolutely outstanding. They just finished the Ronnie Golf Park up at the Northern Texas PGA up in Frisco. That's high praise. They could pick anybody. It's fantastic. I, I went up there and had a chance to take a little uh, inside tour of it before they opened up, and it's just fantastic. Everything is great. They react just like a normal green. They putt. Even chips will take spin like a normal uh, grass green. So, yeah, they're just absolutely awesome. Go to PremierGreensTexas.com. Let Nick and Jason design something that will make your neighbors and all your playing partners jealous. You can check them out at PremierGreens.com. PremierGreensTexas.com. Check them out. Well, let me tell you one little thing, too. I'm old enough to know what bad temporary or artificial greens look like. And they were kind of like an, a, t- a really bad toupee. <laughs> you know, it's a fair comparison. You know, if, if you if you draw attention to something you're trying to fake people out with, uh, not good. And back in the day, artificial greens looked like uh, front doormats. You know, the, the you know the kind you, you wipe your feet on. Yeah, and, and water collects in certain areas, and they get moldy. Well, you're not going to get any of that with uh, this. Is good greens. stuff. Yeah, this is good stuff, and you save on water, you save on fertilizer, you yep. save on mowing. Yep, and it always looks fantastic. Yep. So give them the uh, website one more time. Yeah, Nick and Jason up there at uh, PremierGreensTexas.com. It's PremierGreensTexas.com. Bravo. The greatness of invited clubs, formerly known as Club Corp, bring you this segment. You can play up to 15 different privately owned country clubs in the Metroplex. Uh, TPC Craig Ranch, Las Colinas, Stonebriar, Glen Eagles. Uh, you have all different price ranges, all different areas of the Metroplex, too. So if you treat a country club kind of like a, a fitness gym, where it's got to be somewhat convenient to get to, they can do that for you. You're going to find one close, I promise. And in your price range, too. So check it all out at invitedclubs.com. All right. In just a second, we'll get into maybe a delicious rumor surrounding the Live Tour. Um, 
and maybe Nick Faldo's comments on the Live Tour. Then we'll get into the leaderboards. we got two of them this week, Farmers out in San Diego and Dubai, which is the DP Tour, and Rory's in that. So is Patrick Reed. Uh, at 8.50, speaking of that, there was a, well, for golf, this was like a, a, a brouhaha. This was like throwing haymakers at each other. It's kind of laughable, but Reed and Rory got into it a little bit. At 9.10, uh, this is 29th anniversary of the ticket, January 24th, 1994, be specific. And you were there. I was there. I think I'm one of six remaining day oneers. I think there's six. And uh, we'll kind of give a little background on how we both got started at the station. And it, they're usually really weird stories how you kind of land at these things. Yeah. And mine was uh, nothing short of that. And then at 9.30, John Rahm is trying to do something today, or this weekend, Monday, or, yeah, today. Today's the final round. Today is the final round, yep. He's trying to do something that very rarely happens, and how he compares in his first X amount of starts versus uh, other players. And then I think I have a delicious little uh, uh, experiment with the uh, mix with Just Killing Time, Jonathan Dodd and Kevin Landrum. They'll be popping on around 10 o'clock. But first, let's get to the live rumors. <clears throat> so, Eli and I, and when Craig's on, we talk about this. What you know, live has been incredibly quiet, and they're they got their first tournament here in, in a few weeks, and their biggest announcement was signing on with a TV deal with with a third tier cable station that mostly runs reruns. Uh, CW. Yep. And I, I don't think it's exclusively cable. I think you can get it through just regular rabbit ears, can't you? I don't know. I haven't I've, had rabbit ears in <laughs> well, I mean, 40 years. Most people have not, but I do believe it is a regular, just over-the-air station. I don't think it's cable exclusive. So they were trying to find it. They were trying to find anybody that would take them on. I think part of it was, uh, obviously, sponsorship uh, conundrums because of uh, where the live money comes from. Yeah. And so they finally arrived with them. By the way, you can tweet us at Arnett Rick or at the Eli Jordan on Twitter. Want to make any comments? And uh, so they got that all done. I don't think it's a revenue. I, they might share in the revenue if they ever get anybody to buy us an ad. I don't know. I would hate to be the salespeople that try to go around and sell that. Um, <clears throat> what's going to be interesting is this. And I heard this on another podcast. Is... One of the downsides of when they were on YouTube, specifically, you could see how many people were watching. Yeah. When you get on the CW, it's you can kind of mess around with ratings, and you can be very kind of mysterious about it. But when you see on YouTube, and they're saying, man, we're killing it, and there's 20,000 people watching worldwide, that's infinitesimal. That's less than what, he, listen to our show. Yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it's about on average. Yeah, we're better than live. Yeah, it's low bar, but yeah, <laughs> we make far less money though. We yeah, need to work true. on that. Yeah, we do. We need to get the Saudis to back the T box. Yeah, we kind of do. But <laughs> what they've been trying to do, and they've been laying really low. But the rumors have been out there that they think they have a hook on a guy, on a player that really might move the needle. So before we reveal said player, yeah. I have seen about 75-25 that this is complete nonsense. I've seen Wouldn't doubt it. videos and tweets from people that are in his inner circle that say that this could not be further from just complete BS. Mm -hmm. 
So, but about twenty five percent seem to think that this does have some traction. So, well, and I'll give you a reason why before we unveil the name. This golfer, who's been out of commission pro golf wise for quite a while, might be. You know, I got to go back and look. Is it been I, six, seven years? Oh, it, more than that. I think it was like two thousand eleven. I think was the last time he played. Um, I think I saw the other day where it had been close to 4,000 days, I think. Well, don't make me figure that Well, I mean, just just for some reference. Okay. So the reason I think this might have some legs is that getting on the, on the live tour is like competition light. You know, there's no cut. It's a team format. Um, it's all about just kind of good times. And it's kind of like how he lives his life now. He's a party guy. At least he had been. Is he still like that? Well, I don't know, but he but that was his that was his uh, living of choice for a long time. He had an entourage so, and everything. I, the big reveal here is we're talking about <coughs> Anthony Kim. Yes. Who is was widely regarded as one of the best up and coming young players. In fact, and I wrote about this in my letter from the editor this month. Nice. Executive. Just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Kim, if you'll remember, was a Nike guy. Mm-hmm. And I went over and did an interview with Mike Taylor, who now runs Artisan Golf over in Fort Worth, out of what used to be the Nike oven facility. Right. And they make wedges and putters. Well, Mike Taylor told me when I was interviewing that there were a handful of guys, and he, he was Tiger's main club fitting guy and yes. club designer for a long time. And he said there were only a couple of guys he ever saw that the ball just sounded different coming off their club yes tiger being one of them obviously yep and one of the other ones he mentioned was anthony kim Mm -hmm. and from a guy that basically lived breathed designing golf clubs for the best golfer in the history of the game arguably and they're all good so when these guys stand out correct yeah that's the thing and i remember hearing this about if you remember josh hamilton former ranger there was a guy that used to live back behind the right field wall at the high school field that mm-hmm. he played at. Right. And the guy always said, I knew when Josh Hamilton was taking batting practice because it just sounded different. Right. Just a little, but you could tell, oh, Hamilton must be taking batting practice. And, and th- that's the way he described Anthony Kim is that it just it, he was just a little bit better than every other pro that he ever fit for club. And more importantly for me – and for the tour, he was the anti-vanilla golfer. He wore, you know, kind of these big belt buckles. Big sequin belt buckle. Yeah, he was a partier. He had a lot of flash. He had a lot of uh, right. bravado. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he was the star of the 2008 Ryder Cup. Um, I think he holds the record for most consecutive birdies at, at, at Augusta. Yeah. It's a lot. <clears throat> I mean, he, he was a, a very, very solid player. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, he got injured. And he took out uh, – he had an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. And the insurance policy is rumored to be anywhere between 10 and $20 million. I've heard 20 was always kind of the number I heard thrown around. And he had to retire by the age of 29 to get it. And the stipulation was if he ever played pro golf, uh, he would rescind that. He would lose that. They would right. stop. Because he was making – I remember him saying he was making some pretty good premium payments. It's kind of like a Lloyd's of London bit where you can, you can insure anything exotic – as long as you're willing to pay the premium. Yeah, and, and we've seen cases like this before. I remember when LeBron James was in high school. I believe he had an insurance policy for injury. If he were to have some sort of career-ending, I can never play basketball again injury, he was going to get paid out a pretty significant amount of money. Which is, yeah, and, you know, with other than the NFL, almost every other sport has guarantees. 
so you almost don't need it. But the but what happens is the teams take out insurance policies in, in case in case one of their stars uh, gets injured and can't fulfill the end of the contract, and then they're left still paying it. But football is the one that probably insures their careers more than anybody. Self insures, right? Just in case. So the thought was that Anthony Kim might come back because if the insurance policy, let's say it is at at the high point, ten ten to twenty million dollars, Liv could find that in pocket change, right? And I think, good morning, Duncan, <clears throat> Duncan McPhail, big man here at, at Crest. Um, they could pay that off, money whip him to death. And I can't think of a better spot for him to be, as I just mentioned, because the Live Tour is kind of like, uh, kind of like the Champions Tour. It's there's no cut, there's really no pressure. Uh, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of partying. I don't know about the Champions Tour, but the Live Tour at least did that initially. Yeah. And uh, and I thought it'd be a perfect place if he can play golf. If it doesn't, if his back truly isn't hurt anymore, I can't think of a better candidate outside of Rory, Jordan, JT. John Rom. Well, I think I don't know. I don't think it was his back, was it? Wasn't it? I think it was an Achilles injury. I think that he had to have surgery on that. Let me see. Eventually, deep sixed his career. Could be, but Achilles in this day and age, absolutely can be repaired. So it says here in June 2012 he had surgery yeah, after Achilles. injuring his Achilles yeah. on his left leg. He was expected to miss nine to 12 months. He was eligible for the 2013 season on a major medical exemption but has failed to play a single tournament since. So 2012, it looks like, was the last time that he played. And as of December, so this uh, this article came out just uh, a month ago. I mean, 11 years. I mean, I understand, like, even if you're a true golf savant and you are just gifted by the good Lord above to be really, really good at the mm-hmm. game of golf, not playing for 10, 11, 12 years – how much game could he have left? I mean, to compete at that level. And I understand that the live is not the PGA Tour. And really, you probably only have to beat about six or seven guys to make really, really good money. I mean, if you're finishing last, you're still making good money. Absolutely. But, but I just I don't know. I mean, Well, to me, it would be a huge coup for the live Tour. Huge. Yeah, because absolutely. Because until we figure out if he can still play. Sure. But – I think of when you want to make a headline splash and nobody's heard from Anthony Kim since forever. And he's all, almost become this kind of mythological yes. figure. I mean, just the way we're speaking Absolutely. about him now with what kind of game he did have and, and the story from Mike Taylor and that he was, you know, just a, a little bit better than guys that, you know, you might have seen that were the same age. He's the, like golf's version of Amelia Earhart. Yeah, or, or Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's golf Sasquatch. Maybe you've seen a sighting, and one, one right. article says he's got hair, he looks like a hobo. Right. Which, and, what, that name just cracks me up, that, that word hobo. And, and every now and again, you'll see somebody on Instagram or on Twitter mm-hmm. that sees him out somewhere and, like, manages to get Because he picture. lives out here. Right. I think he did. I think he lives in Dallas still. I think I'm so. not positive, but again. he did forever. And you'd see somebody every now and again, maybe once every year or twice a year, you'd see somebody that would somehow get a picture of him out somewhere or get a picture with him out somewhere and he still looks the exact same i mean it's not like he's you know gained 70 pounds and but so so for somebody like that who's definitely got money he's not hurting although he spent lavishly he Uh, that's a big partier go to vegas and all Mm -hmm. but for me i would somehow figure a way to clandestine like put a put some kind of a uh, uh swing simulator in my house 
and see if I could even do it. I mean, you, he, he might. I mean, who knows? Man, I don't know how much the insurance company – the insurance company check on him. They just make sure he's not playing competitive golf. I Probably. Right? So I would love to see it, uh, if nothing else, because it's it's kind of a cool story. Yeah, and, and, and quickly, you brought this up in the break. Can you name another guy that right now, if you're the Live Tour, and you mentioned they haven't gotten a lot of traction on YouTube, and who knows what their numbers will do once they're actually on a broadcast network. But can you think of another guy right now that if you're live and you say, hey, man, I don't think this is working, we're not getting that many eyeballs, can you think of a better guy? No. I can't either. I mean, and I'm including guys like Scotty and Will and Jordan Mm -hmm. and some of the top players in the world, Xander Shoffley or Patrick Cantlay. I don't know that they move the needle as much for live. As Anthony Kim would. Unless, now, it may unless be they a, drew other people with him. Right. And it may be a very quick spike where people watch for a couple of weeks just to see what he's got, and then they're, they don't care again. Right. But like for us. That's we, worth it. Right. It, it probably Because then they're, they'll try and find. Can you Do you know where CW is on your cable mm, dial? I, I do not. I think it's Channel 9, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to go look for it. And it's golf weird. is an older demographic, and when you have to go down the dial to find something, um, it gets a little iffy. Yeah. I used to have that problem with TNT and TBS when I was trying to find a game, and I c- couldn't remember what channel it was on. You know, I'm rolling down the <laughs> scrolling thing. So, I don't know. I thought it was kind of it, – it's interesting enough to bring up, I believe, and if it happens, that would be awesome. I'm going to say it's like a 10% chance it happens. But, boy, if it did, it, I would watch. You would watch. Well, and it has nothing to do with money. They'll take good care of them. And so if you look at all the guys on the Live Tour – the guys, I mean, is he worth? Okay, would you pay him more, or Ricky Fowler? Ooh, that's a good question. Ricky Fowler seems to be finding his game just Maybe. a little bit. He still has the marketing but, back. Man, I'm gonna, him. yeah, but I'm still, I'm, I'm still taking Anthony. Kim, yeah, me I too, but only because of the mystery. Yeah, right. I don't know. BC, it'd be great to see. I, I think everybody has a number, and if they yeah. can money whip him and. Maybe more importantly, Anthony feels like he's still got game. He's yeah, not right. going to ham and egg I mean, it around. He, he's the golf lock, lock nest monster. You know? He is. And here's the other thing, too. We all remember him when he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to come back and be mediocre? Because then you've lost all aura, I would, you know, all mystery. If you offered me $100 million, I would live a life of mediocrity from now until the day I drew my last breath. Yeah. I gotta think his Achilles has got to be good after ten, twelve years. I mean, he he retired at twelve in two thousand twelve. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'd love to see it. I mean, that would be kind of interesting, and I and I would see him going there versus the PGA Tour just because there's no cuts. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to grind as hard. Yeah. And there's a team format. You can yuck it up. Guaranteed a ton of money. Yeah. All right. All right. It is uh, eight thirty one on the ticket. You got the tee box here. Crest cars. Up in Frisco, you can get Crest Infinity, uh, three years complimentary maintenance on all new 2023 vehicles. And there'll be any other Infinity dealer offer new in stock. They guarantee it. So how about that? Make them prove it up here at Crest Cars. All right, up next, we got a leaderboard. we got two of them, actually. And the place they're playing it, I fondly played there in the early 80s. And let's see how much those green fees have gone up since the last time I was able to uh, pay very little. But before that, let's get to the greatness of advancedplaster.com. I worked with J.T. Pierce in 2020. This is right during the pandemic, COVID. And he came out and he looked at my pool, and my pool looked like it was the same thing as, like, the 80s 
shag carpet. It just, it was old. It was tired. It just, I mean, it was a pool, but. If you, you had shag carpet swim in a pool, it. you probably should have had it replaced. Exactly. So, you know, I said, you know, this is really getting tired. I'm seeing other pools, and they look great. And It's like putting enough, another fresh coat of paint on something. It just looks so much better. He comes out, takes a look at my pool, takes a look at my budget, and asks me what I want. And then I, I mention it to him. What do you think about this? And he goes, nah, you know, for your landscape, I don't. I think you're just wasting money on that, like a big water feature or something. So he shows me the different uh, materials. Pebble Tech is awesome uh, instead of stucco for the bottom of your pool. They have different stonework now. Um, I have an app that controls everything. I could turn on my spa right now from right here, and by the time I get home, it'll be nice and toasty if I felt like going outside. Uh, And they do a great job. During COVID, there was a lot of supply chain issues. He was always on top of things, and he always kept me up to date of what was going on. He wasn't just, uh, you know, you go to voicemail all the time. No, he always got back to me. And that's how I judge somebody is, is not when things are going great, but when there's challenges. What do they do? How do they back it up? We've referred many people over to JT at advancedplaster.com. Go go out and look at your backyard today. Give it the honest assessment. Maybe you're uh, moving more towards the backyard entertainment area. It's your showcase. And uh, they also have new uh, LED lights. You can change the lights if you want. Make it a disco. Make it whatever you want. Disco pool. You can make it a disco pool. So check it all out. It's advancedplaster.com. Tell them the T-Box sent you. Say hi to JT Pierce. It'd be well worth your while. The greatness of Arcus Golf and their fine courses around the Metroplex. Again, a lot of courses and a lot of different price ranges, and there's an Arcus course near you. So check out ArcusGolf.com. Uh, Craig Rosengarten, he's at the PGA Show this weekend. And uh, checking out, see what's out there. And There's some pretty interesting things. He'll be on next week, and we can go over that. And I think he was traveling with the Arcus guys, too, while Leave he was so. out there. So. Uh, good for them if they're listening, and uh, happy weekend. Little Arcus road trip. Yep. All right, the latest, uh, it's a laughable brouhaha, but it's it involves Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy. We'll talk about that at 8.50. But first, this segment also brought to you by the Texas Junior Golf Tour. So we got some leaderboards, and they're playing the Farmers at uh, Torrey Pines. And back in the day, after college, I worked in San Diego for 10 years. If you were a San Diego resident, and you all know this in town, if you have an Arlington address, you can get a discount at an Arlington municipality because you're paying taxes. makes sense. I can get it at Grapevine. Um, But when I was out at uh, playing Torrey back in the early 80s, I could pay $6 for a round of golf. $6. And I wore that puppy out. You're, uh, you might be dating yourself just a little bit. I'm dating myself a lot. <laughs> I mean, that was 40 years ago. I, I get it. I'm trying to think what probably the cheapest, I don't say cheapest, most affordable golf yes. course in DFW there you is. Go. And I can't imagine it's less than 45 bucks Thank on, you, Westdale. On, on a weekend. Thank you, Westdale. But it's only nine holes, and it's par three. Yeah, I'm talking a full 18. Yeah, $40, $45 is probably about as low as you're going to find anywhere. Playing Torrey Pines for $6 is mind-blowing. So right now, they run anywhere from $223 to $278. 
That's for non-residents. Right. If, if, if it's me and I want to go and play Torrey Pines, if I'm going to be in San Diego, it's going to cost me almost 300 bucks. If you want to play the South Course and you have a resident uh, inside that area, it's $83 on the weekend. That, that's your rack rate. Wow. Still pretty good. Yeah. Oh, my. It's unbelievable. I mean, how many courses here in town are 80, over 80 bucks? Good, mm, decent portion. Yeah, I'd say I mean, prob- there's some that are yeah. triple digits, right? Oh, yeah. So it's... I really loved it. It was on the ocean. They had, uh, you know, you had the uh, hang gliders out there. You also had a nude beach, Black's mm. Beach. Interesting. It wasn't very, it was more like a sausage fest. It wasn't very fun. That's but as a young, impressionable <laughs> young kid, it was kind of boring. Did you, ever, did you ever go down there? I did. I, I mean, did, did, once. You, did you ever? Did I do it? No. Yeah. No, I was just like, really, this is it? Yeah, it, it didn't do much for me, and you had to walk forever. It was it, it was an investment in time. There's stairs, and it took. I bet there was a thousand steps, and then as you got closer, you realized I'm just going to turn around because this is this is not what I was hoping for. Walking all those steps with it clanging around down there exactly be very comfortable. No, it wasn't my bit. Anyway, Torrey Pines fun. North course is uh, easier than the South course. They've They've extended it. They've made it really long now, and it's not, for the average golfer, it's not nearly as fun. You better play from the appropriate tees. Yep. That's all I can tell you. It's it's the longest stop on tour, isn't it? Regular stop? Pretty close. Yeah. yeah it's over, probably over 76, 7,700 yards, depending how they play it. And you have one Sam Ryder. You might not remember him, except for he was the guy that made the hole-in-one at the Waste Management last year when all hell broke loose. Yeah. That was awesome. Do you think they're going to go back to like plastic draft beers yes. this year i think they've of, already mandated that because that was the only thing people worried about was getting hit with cans yeah because full they, cans they have like the 16 ounce like aluminum yeah you know bottles yep. and they were raining down on the greens i'm sure it did a bunch of damage to the green oh yeah there was a, i think patrick cantley was one of the following groups and he had to repair several holes mm-hmm. uh in his line of uh in his putting line so mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but he made that hole-in-one last year. He is leading by two over one John Rahm, who's going for his third straight PGA Man, Tour win. And it didn't look all that great. After round one, Sam Ryder shoots 64 to race out into the lead. And John Rahm, pretty pedestrian, 73 on the opening day. Mind you, it, you know, it got windy a little bit. But, I mean, you're talking he was down nine shots after the opening round, and now we go to the final round today. No uh, no golf tomorrow because of the NFC-AFC championship game. So they're playing the final round today, but now he's only two back. He's just a thoroughbred, isn't he? He was uh, on the number. And then on he played the back nine first on Thursday. It's a, it's a Saturday finish because they don't want to get against the uh, conference championships tomorrow. He went eagle, birdie, birdie, birdie. That's pretty good. So he made it on the line. I mean, that's how he got in. And then he just went, uh, he's a machine. He's he's one of the guys that he, he can, his strokes gain, tee to green, are for the last three or four years, I think he's number one. And when you add in everything else, he's right up there. He really doesn't have a weakness. His putting is really good. His uh, chipping is really good. And he's got that short, powerful backswing, kind of like Tony Finau. Seems like less can go wrong with that. Yeah, I would agree. Right. He's also a guy that if you are one of the people that tend to believe in the theory that once these guys get married and have kids that their priorities change and that it it, it is a detriment to their game, mm-hmm. John Rahm, 
there's a good example of it didn't make one bit of difference. He's gotten married, he's had kid, and he is still as good as anybody on the planet. So give you an idea, what are the odds on, on Rom winning? He was after e- today? even money going to the day. So he's even. Uh, the and guy, he's two shots back. Yeah, he's the guy he's chasing, Sam Ryder, two career second-place finishes, four career third-place finishes, no win. So that's going to that's gonna be – and he's playing with him. So I bet well, – I would love to see the over-under on the, on the shot differential today between Rom and Ryder. I can find that for you in the break. I would like that. You know, uh, speaking of making the cut on the number – Tony Finau yep. made the cut on the number, and he's now in third place alone after a 64 yesterday. 64 in the south course is – That's golfing that's, your golf ball. Yeah. He's, I, I really like his game, and I'm glad he had a really hot streak last year because he was the quintessential overly talented underachiever. Mm-hmm. He, would, he would seem like he'd throw away wins like crazy. And uh, now he's got some under his belt, and I think he's one of those players you almost absolutely have to put on your Ryder Cup. He's yeah. one of those guys. Yes. And he's a great guy to play with. Everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. Sunjay M is at 7-under. Colin Morikawa is also at 7-under par. Max Homa. Now, yesterday was fun because CBS is starting to kind of ramp up a little bit, and it, I'm guaranteeing it's because of the Live Tour. Yes. They're, everybody's tricking things up. It's not just the same old BS where, you know, they're doing more track man, they're doing more clone shot, uh, clone, not clone. Uh, uh, drone. Drone. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and they're, and they like, even at the uh, Kapalua tournament, they had a, a drone following the roll of the golf ball on 18. It mm-hmm. might have rolled 100 yards, and that was really cool. Yep. Well, yesterday, um, you have that, can you give me a patch cord, Kern? Sorry, I didn't get you a heads up on that. They followed... And they mic'd up Max Homa, yeah, who might be one of the best that you can uh, do that with. Because and, yeah, he's he's very outgoing on Twitter. Like if you follow his Twitter, he's always got some zingers, and he's always kind of self-deprecating, and he's very very fun to watch. And he's also really uh, really personable, and has a you know a, a really kind of jovial way about him when he's on the course. So yeah, he did great at the Presidents Cup. He was he was the star between him and. Uh, Tom Kim, I believe. And so what they did is they mic'd him up and um, and they walked a hole with him. And Trevor Lemon's asking about things. And what's interesting is I wonder how many other golfers will be willing to do this. I would think a Jordan Spieth would do it. I don't but know. I don't know. He's so darn so darn uh it seems like a. something that uh, guys that were a little further down the leaderboard might agree to. But, I mean, Max Homa's right there in the thick of this tournament. And for him to sit there and... And he's comfortable in the skin. Right. Do okay. a full-blown interview while he's, you know, walking a hole. While he's, you know, essentially waiting to go for a green and two on a par five. And All right. I thought it was really, really cool. Yeah. All right. Let's 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 give a quick uh, listen to this. Max, can you hear me? He's Trevor up in the booth. Hey, Trev. What's up, buddy? Not too much. Beautiful tee shot there down the middle. Talk us through that with the dog leg left. Are you trying to sweep the draw there you're trying to go with the butter cut what is the process for you yeah i i primarily cut it off the tee so this one's a little awkward i get about a coach and caddy let me draw one maybe once a day maybe once a week uh this was not the one so fortunately it was downwind so we could cover that left bunker uh, which makes the fairway feel a lot bigger so i uh, just went with the stock normal cut and just uh just try to smash it a little bit now what are the things that start to come into play for you as you get on a par five like this trying to decide whether you're going to give it a go or not are you looking at the whole location 
Uh, what is the, the, the thought process there as you're trying to work your way through that? Yeah, it definitely kind of just starts with where the pin is and if, you know, my misses will be in a good spot. So, like, for this one, for instance, uh, if I can get there, that front bunker is good. Uh, mm -hmm. If I can get it up to that front bunker. If I'm not going to be able to get to that front bunker, it'll probably be a layup. Um, but, you know, obviously we're not really, like, looking at the pin. We're kind of working our way back from it. Uh, if I can hit this thing to five feet, then I'm... I'm too good to be only seven under, so uh, I'm, I'm working my way back. So as long as I got a number where I can get it kind of at least to those last bunkers just before the green, then I'll probably give it a go. Hey, Max, it's Finchy here. Uh, thanks Finchy. for doing this. Good to talk to you. That's what people at home don't really realize. When you have that opportunity to go for a par five, you have to give a lot of thought to where you leave that second shot if you miss, don't you, like you're talking about. This is a tough second shot. Yeah, this is a brutal second shot. You can kind of fan one and have a 40-yard bunker shot blind uphill. So this one, uh, this one's tricky. You're rarely aiming at the pin on a par five and two unless you hit a some way, way down there. On this one, we're just going to try to make sure we're leaving it where, you know, our third's going to be as easy as possible. That's why I'm saying, you know, I don't know our number yet, but uh, if I can't get to at least a certain number, uh, we'll just lay it up, and the wedge shot would be easier than having to deal with, you know. So what I what I liked about that is you don't it's kind of like watching a, a pro football play. You don't the average fan has no idea what's going into that play. All the different you know signals that are going on and people moving around. You just see a guy take a snap, go back, try and make a pass. What's going on there is is man, it's just high end equations and all that. And so when you listen to a pro like this, these are all the things that. It's course management, and I think a lot of us don't do that. No, and, and I think the one the one kind of main takeaway I took from this, and by the way, we need far more of this. Absolutely. Because it's extremely intriguing to listen to them discuss their thought process. But the one thing that I kind of took away from it, if there was one tip that I got out of this three minutes or whatever he was, mm -hmm. he was on, it's working your way back from the green to yes. the tee box, not from the tee box to the green. And I I've think learned that's, that. I think that's a, a, something that a lot of amateurs – don't focus on is working their way back from green. What kind to of shot do you want to? What, where are you comfortable? Are you comfortable 100 yards, right. 120 yards? And yeah, I've learned to do that because as you get older, you have to kind of resort to course management versus just blasting the hell out of the ball. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I thought they need to do more of that, and they got a brave reviews from everybody. Yes, and again, more of that because bottom line, Eli, this is still an entertainment mm -hmm. uh, vehicle, and if you're just watching guys hitting shot after shot and putt after putt. It's hard to root for anybody. Yeah. and We did a segment a few weeks back about the old Skins game. Like yeah. That was what was enjoyable about watching the Skins game, is they were all mic'd up, mm -hmm. and they were all having a good time, and now it's not practical to do that when they're playing for this kind of money and to win championships. It's not practical to have everybody mic'd up, because some guys, they just go into their own yeah. world, and they, they want nothing to do with anybody else. But if you can find a few guys that are willing to do this now and again, it, it makes the broadcast infinitely more interesting. The tougher part would be if they did it on a final round. Right. That's when everything's grinding, and I wouldn't expect him to. I wouldn't either. Sahi Thigala, he is at 7-under. I like him. Man, Good I just player. like his game. Ricky Fowler, 5-under par. We talked about him earlier. Butch, Har uh, Butch Harmon says he's going to win this year. He's got bits now. He's using, like, the arm lock putter. Yeah. looks like the, hey. the 1950s jail suit and... Whatever works, my man. Yep. Whatever works. Aaron Baddeley missed the cut by one. He had his 12-year-old daughter uh, send a letter to the uh, Farmers Insurance sponsor looking for a uh, sponsor invite, and they gave him one. That's nice. how he got in. Very cool. 
Uh, let's see. Anybody else of note? Will Zaltoris missed the cut. His putting still looks. But he's still making a lot of. He's putts. making them, but boy, they had one on on Twitter. Boy, if you if you search it, his putter looks like it's it's either doing a figure eight or it's doing kind of a a three step dance. It's kind of like the old Billy Mayfair kind of swipe across it stroke, but he's not doing it on purpose. Like no, <laughs> but it looks uh, it's alarming, is what it looks like. Uh, real quick, uh, so they'll the final round will be today. John Rahm and uh, Sam Wright will be in the final group. They're playing over in Dubai. Richard Bland, Thomas Peters are tied at 10 under, along with an amateur, Michael Thorbjornsson. Thorbjornsson. If you look down the leaderboard a little bit, Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy are both 8 under par. They were paired on Thursday together. And it started, the day started with something a little weird. From a golf standpoint, it looked like uh, a W, you know, UFC fight. But let's get into that uh, coming up next because you got two different factions, and everybody was taking sides. And we'll tell you what that is uh, right after we say that this segment was sponsored by Pure Swing. Go to pureswinggolf.com. All right, up next, Reed versus Rory. Battle extraordinaire. No. Maybe. We'll talk about that after we talk about the greatness of PGA Tour Superstores. So you have one down in your area, Eli, in Arlington. I'm there all the time. I have one uh, near me in Southlake. They have one on Preston Road, right down the road from uh, Crest Cars here. And uh, they also have one on Accent Drive off 75 in Plano. Forbes Stores, everything you'd ever want in the world of golf. They have every club. You can get club uh, clubs regripped. They have uh, club fitting. I got my I got my irons fitted there. Yep. Did a hell of a job. They've got all the new equipment too, all the latest stuff. They get the first ones. They get yep. first dibs, and then you can uh, uh, rent their hitting bays if you want. If it's really bad weather, well, next week is going to be some very non-golf weather, and you can go there and just uh, play to your heart's content. Uh, they have every piece of apparel, and they're always coming out with new stuff. They also have pickleball stuff. I'm way into pickleball now. So if you're into pickleball rackets and balls and everything, I didn't realize there were so many different rackets and uh, balls you could choose from. It's turning into golf. They also have tennis. And you can have all the range finders, every accessory you'd ever want. It's it's an adult toy store. Yes. And every time I go in there, I'm leaving with something. And I believe next week uh, we are going to to unveil another T-Box discount. Oh, buddy. All right. The last one people still ask. The last one has expired. Now you're talking to me, baby. Expired at the end of the year. Cool. So be listening next week, and we'll give you the latest uh, discount update for PGA Tour. Superstores have been our proudly sponsor now for going on three years. And like we say, if you're looking for something in golf, tennis, whatever, pickleball, if they don't got it, you don't need it. On uh, Twitter, at, Steve, at Bowman Steve 4 brings up the uh, sad realization that Black Beach in San Diego had a huge rock slide collapse yesterday. Hmm. Well, like I haven't been there in 40 years. Maybe you should go back. There wasn't much reason to go. Just show off for the ladies. There weren't many ladies out there. That was the whole point. 
young and I'm 20. I'm figuring this is going to be awesome. And it wasn't. So there you go. That's right down at the bottom of Torrey Pines where they're playing today. The final round so they don't get involved with uh, the conference championships tomorrow. It's a great plan, too. That's good. They should good, do that more often, Yeah, good th- quite good honestly. by the PGA Tour. I get the... Sunday round in Phoenix, the day of the Super Bowl, because yeah. it gives you something to watch basically right up until kickoff, yep. which is always great. But boy, that's going to be a wild scene this year, isn't it? With the Super Bowl being in Phoenix, it's been there. It's been there before. Yeah, for and, sure. And uh, during the same time, mm-hmm. and, and part of the deal was, God, I want to say Jim Nance had to go from the. I think it was the same year CBS was doing the Super Bowl, and he had to take a helicopter and get over to the stadium like toot sweet. I might be wrong about that, but it sounds familiar. All right. Uh, United Ag and Turf, who proudly uh, sell John Deere equipment. So if you're looking, you have a big South 40 acreage type place and you want to, you like to sit down and mow your lawn, do whatever. Maybe do some hoeing. Hoeing? Maybe. Back, back hoeing. <laughs> back hoeing. Yeah. Yes. Some hoeing. Or hoeing. Hoeing. Yeah. <laughs> go go get yourself a John Deere. Okay. Uh, they'll love that one. And uh, Alabama Golf bring you this segment. We'll get into uh, the weather next. Doesn't look good for next week for golf. And what, uh, Eli, how we got started with the ticket, which uh, officially turned 29 years old on January 24th. But first, when it comes to golf, there's very few what you would call big brouhaha's, fights, um, it's a very vanilla type sport, and everybody's typically more polite than not, and or they just don't say anything. But this week they're playing out of Dubai, and the Dubai Desert Classic on the DP Tour. Rory Rack- oh, Rory Rory McIlroy was paired with Patrick Reed, and Patrick Reed who's suing everybody, and R- <laughs> Rory McIlroy who has kind of the, been the mouthpiece for the PGA Tour during this whole Live versus PGA Tour battle so they get to the first tee and i and patrick reed thinks that that rory is ignoring him so he flicks a tee at him. Uh, uh this was on the driving range i think maybe the driving i think range. it was a driving range before the round and okay patrick reed i guess went up to shake hands say hello and yep. rory mcelroy basically just gave him the cold shoulder and felt like he was being snubbed um and then McElroy said uh, that he never saw it. He just did. But yeah. says, I can't believe it's turning into a story. Um, yeah, it's nothing. But McElroy did recall the first part of the story, that Reed approached him on the range, and I didn't feel the need to acknowledge him. So he was did admit that. And then he goes on to continue. I didn't see a tee coming my direction at all, but apparently that's what happened. And if roles were reversed, I'd have thrown that tee at him. I'd be expecting a lawsuit. Yeah, probably. Not, yeah, out of the realm. Well, you you did see that, I guess, Rory McIlroy had gotten served some papers on Christmas Eve. By Reed's attorney. By about this impending lawsuit. Yeah. I was subpoenaed by his lawyer on Christmas Eve. So, of course, trying to have a nice time with my family and someone shows up on your doorstep and delivers that, you're not going to take it well. So, again, I'm living in reality. I don't know where he's living. If I were in his shoes, I wouldn't expect a hello or handshake, which he's not not wrong. I understand that golf is a 
gentleman's game, and we don't see a lot of this as far as physical altercations on the course. In fact, I looked up PGA Tour golf Fighting. fights, yeah, and I could only find one example. And this Tommy is from, Bolt. Uh, no, this is from a Corn Ferry Tour event. Austin Daly and Luke Smith apparently exchanged some blows. Really? In, when was this? This was in 2021. Wow. And I, I haven't had a chance to read the article, so it may be a big nothing burger, but... I'm just curious, like, how how has nobody just hauled off and just pummeled Patrick Reed yet, other than fear of being sued for everything they're worth? I guess it's not worth the effort. I guess. I, I guess at some point you just turn, just, you do exactly what Rory did and just ignore him. Yeah, that's the worst thing you could do for him, right? Meaning that he's not being paid attention to. He's not getting any any feedback or, you know, he's, he's notorious to always play practice rounds by himself. He doesn't like ingratiating ingratiate himself around anybody really i don't know if it's that or if it's just he can't get anyone to play with him well even back when i think he just liked to you know probably his own tune he didn't want anybody catching him cheating so this is patrick reed's side he said he saw me and decided not to react it's unfortunate because we've always had a good relationship and they kind of did when they were in that Ryder cup meaning it was really good nature back and forth when he and rory were playing in that group right it was awesome golf it was some of the best golf i've ever seen and they were actually even acknowledging each other after a while because they were going you know shot for shot but he goes on to say uh but it's one of those things if you're going to act like an immature little child then you might have might as well be treated like well i mean come on is he serious with that comment that's what he said well when you turn around and sue everybody with an earshot for anything they've ever said bad about you Who's acting more like a child? And he has his parents, like, forcibly removed from tournaments. He lets his wife drag him around by his Johnson constantly. What? It's, I mean, so who, who's acting like more of a child here? Like, Rory McIlroy wanting nothing to do with him? How is that him acting like a child? He doesn't want to talk to him, so just don't talk to him. Like, it almost seems like Patrick Reed was purposefully going up trying to bait him into doing something. Agreed. Well, so I, I use this analogy constantly because it happens to me. Um, I'm I'm really cognizant and aware of bad drivers. I I just despise them, and I call them oblivious uh, because they're just they're in their own little world that are going 50 in the fast lane and what whatever. Um, so. The adage is, if one person pisses you off while you're driving, it's probably their fault. If everybody pisses you off, it's probably your fault. Yeah, that's that's a fair assessment, I yeah. would say. And I think that's the same thing with Patrick Reed. I think he's either unaware, doesn't care, his wife is is just pretty much running his life. It's, it's like he's brainwashed. And it's too bad, because I really miss him being on tour. I miss DeChambeau. I miss... I miss the villains you need villains on to root against yeah I mean, you really do but in a good-natured way not to, just to be a jerk so and, and that was going to be my point is like a guy like DeShambo, i wouldn't call him a villain necessarily he was an annoyance he's just different you yeah. know he's just wired differently patrick reed is just a world-class you know what no, but, but bryson was a little douchey that's fine. Okay, There's so a that's difference still an between annoying, being so. douchey and right. just being a total a-hole to right. everyone. I get it. Yeah, I mean, especially and, in golf. And it's 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 one of those situations where Patrick Reed, like if if you've completely alienated your parents, yeah, like who won't you be a complete right 
D-weed, too. I get you know? it. It's like I just. But I, I still miss him because when he was playing golf well, he was he was always in the hunt. So you either loved him or hated him. And I just like the fact he's added a little more intrigue to the whole drama. That's all I wanted. Yeah, I, that, that's fair. That's all I want to be is entertained. I, I don't miss seeing him at all. You you might. I don't. I, I, I Like, I do not miss turning on the TV and seeing him, you know, with that just smug look on his face with his, like, puka shell choker necklace right. that you wear when you're 15. It's it, it just, no. I, I am or in his case, puka shell. Out. I'm totally out. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. But that was that was the major, major controversy this week in golf. It just shows you how little there really yeah, is. He flicked a tee at Rory McIlroy. Flicked a tee. You would think that it was, you know, the rumble in the jungle. Mm-hmm. All right, that segment brought to you by the greatness of Maestro Dobel Tequila. Well, had some last weekend. Mm-mm-mm. It's a delightful treat. They just uh, picked up John Rom. Yes, they did. Very well. Very well. Good for Maestro Dobel Tequila. All right, up next, let's get into the weather. And uh, it's the 29th year that the uh, the anniversary of the ticket, and we both. Uh, arrived at the ticket at different times. We'll give a little backstory on how we got started because there's a lot of people that try and get in this industry, and some of it is either pure happenstance, it's a lot of diligence, or it's just plain pure luck. But before that, let's talk about the greatness of the KitchenAid Senior PGA event. Yeah, buddy. That's going to be at uh, the new Frisk, uh, PGA Frisco. Yep, Fields Ranch East. Yep. And it's going to be the senior PGA. It's one of their premier events. It's uh, our first premier event. Yes, but there. but the PGA is always a big one mm-hmm. for the uh, senior tour. And uh, you can get tickets there. Uh, you can go to, where can you go to? I was looking at the wrong, here we go. SRPGA.com. SRPGA.com for more information. Um, it's going to be um, May 24th through the 28th. And all the best golfers over the age of 50 will have their trophy etched on the, did you know this? The well, Al- all but one, Rick. You're not included in the field. The best golfers. Oh. I'm not the one of the best golfers. Alfred S. Bourne Trophy. Ooh, there you so go. there you go. And and guys like Sarah's and Snead, Palmer, Nicholas, Player, and Watson have had their names on there. They have a, a limited number of hospitality, pro-am, and ticket opportunities for you to be part of the first major championship at PGA Frisco. I'm looking forward to it. The courses are awesome. The property is off the charts. And even if you're not a huge golf fan or if you don't know a lot about the senior PGA Tour, you owe it to yourself to get tickets just to go see the courses and the development and just how spectacular everything is up there. So it's it's an opportunity to go up and see uh, the newest uh, – Home for modern golf and check out the courses and also see some uh, great tournament competition as well. How about this? Uh, corporate clients and ticket purchasers at this May's event, the Kitchen Aid Senior PGA Championship, will receive priority access to offerings of future major championships held there at PGA Frisco, including the 2025 KPMG Women's PGA Championship and the 2027 PGA Championship. That's the big boy. The big there. boy. That's right. So check it all out srpga.com for more information. Well, we just got fed a feast by one Mike Broson, Chief Domo here at Crest Cars. You can get not only car service, you can buy a new car, you can buy a 
lovely pre-owned car like Eli and his wife Steph did. Yep. And you can get a hell of a barbecue from Ernest B's. That's also true. Up here in Frisco. So check it out. Infinity, Volvo, Cadillac. And uh, great deals, great financing. It's all good stuff here at Crest Cars. We've been uh, partners with them for, God, I want to say 15 years. How about that? All right, 930. How difficult uh, a task John Rahm is trying to complete today by going for three straight PGA Tour wins. The Farmers ends today, not tomorrow. It's on CBS. And uh, let's see, um, the weather. The weather <laughs> not <looks> good, buddy. <laughs> horrible. Not good. So next week, allegedly, 52 partial rain, and then it's going to go 40, 34, 41, 48. Those are the highs. Ew. And then it will be delayed because there will be frost warnings all over the place because it's the lows are 30, 32, 39, and 32. If you can play. If you can play, and then it's supposed to warm up again by Friday at a balmy 51. So act accordingly. Yeah. Layer up. This may be, tell you? Maybe one of those uh, weeks where you want to go over to uh, PGA Tour Superstore or Pierce Wing Golf Hell yeah. and do one of their little uh, virtual uh, virtual screen. Hell yeah. All right. How about a little background music? Uh, Connor. Connor Caldwell is doing the uh, board back at the station along with Brian Baldwin doing tickers. Kern engineering out here. And then this week's uh, roster is Eli Jordan, who is the executive golf uh, executive editor maybe executive golfer of Avid Golfer Magazine, and yours truly, Rick Arnett, who pretty much makes coffee. Okay, 29th year, January 24th, 1994 is when the ticket started. It was uh, a longstanding rumor, a lot of challenges leading up to that first day when Skip Bayless pretty much botched the intro. Um and they it's were, nice to see that he's recovered from that by making $8 million a year. You know, i got to hand it to him. He's, he's jobbed the system. He's worked it. I'm just, I just can't believe there's that many simple minds that buy into it. But at the time, and even Mike Reiner, the founder of the, of the station, uh, said, yeah, I knew what I was getting into, but he was one of the biggest names in town. At the time, Mike Reiner was a, a fairly known entity on the, on the zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know because I moved from California. Uh, Craig and George were kind of bit players at KRLD. Uh, Chuck Cooperstein was a known entity. Uh, he was also on KRLD. And Kurt Menefee was uh, Channel 11 sports news sports anchor. And that was pretty much it. Was that it? Yeah, I think so. That was the main cast. I'm going to ask you first. How did you uh, – how did you – weasel your way into the because <laughs> um, a lot of times that's exactly what it is yeah i mean honestly it kind of started and i'll give you kind of the cliff notes i was at a wedding in oklahoma city um this is probably 20 years ago now with a friend of mine and we had had a few adult beverages throughout the course of said wedding as one might do in their 20s see and uh I was kind of rudderless. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a career, and he he said, you know what? You ought to try and get a job at the ticket because we were both listeners, and he knew that I was a big sports. How long long did the ticket been on the air? This would have been, I'm going to say this was in 2003. Okay, so nine years. Yeah, about ten years probably, 2003, four, somewhere (laughs) in that area. And he said, you know, you ought to try and get a job at the ticket. Um, You like sports. You like 
you know, you like to you, talk. You, you've got a good voice, <laughs> right. you know, that kind of thing. And I was like, that's not a bad idea. And so when I um, shook loose my hangover a couple days later, I sent an email into at the time the promotions director, whose name was Jamie Garner. Remember her? And Great lady. just said, hey, I'm you know looking for anything. You mm-hmm. know, she said, well, we're hiring for our, we're pretty much always hiring for our promotions department, right. which is a fancy way of saying handing out T-shirts and koozies and sure. helping set up road shows right. and things like that. Not engineering like Kern does; it's far more labor intensive. But literally just showing Foot up in the and, door and making sure that nobody bothers the host yes. while they're on air and handing out T-shirts and koozies and pens and bumper stickers and that kind of thing. Sure, did that for about five years. Um, while I was finishing my degree, I went back to school uh, for broadcasting after I decided UTA that's what or I wanted to do. UTA. Okay. After I decided that's what I wanted to do, got my degree. And um, um, after a, a little while, I left the ticket and I went over to a, a, another uh, cluster of stations and worked as a board op there for about two years and then ended up back at the ticket about two and a half years later. Um, on the programming side as a Saturday morning ticker person. Did you have to turn in a uh, uh, audition tape? I, I did send an air check, and I did actually come in for an interview with Sean and with Kat, and I met Kat just briefly. It was Frito? Of, How about Frito? I uh, did not talk to Frito. Um, this was through Sean almost exclusively. Okay. And I sat, and they basically put me in one of the production rooms and said, give me three tickers in an hour, go. Yep. And so I came up with three tickers in an hour, and they hired me, and I started on Saturday mornings, as most ticker people do. Seems like it. And, well, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's obviously the the first place that they need people is usually on Saturdays. Sure. And so I, That's not prime time. It is not. <laughs> yeah. It is most not. Most definitely not. Um, anyway, started doing tickers for you guys. Mm-hmm. That was, um, I guess, George DiGianni, I guess, yep. was, was on right before you guys. So I started doing that Saturday morning shift. And uh, since then, ended up finding a job with you guys at Avid Golfer full-time. And I'm still able to do a lot of the fill-in stuff and dry dock work. And started doing my own show with Ty a few years after I started How doing the tickers. How long did you do that, the country force? About three years. Okay. Yeah. So good good spell, I think, 220. I would guess longer. 227 shows, I think, wow. is what our final number was. Interesting. So yeah, I mean it's 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 been a fun ride, but I you know to to be honest, I kind of just fell backwards into it. It was kind of I, I have to credit my my friend Justin Ganaway, who I've known for years. He he was the one that was like, you got to try and get a job at the ticket, and I was like, you know what, it's not a half bad idea, and there you go. So, all right, very cool. Uh, I started. I moved here from San Francisco. I was a mortgage broker, mm-hmm. and uh, and while I was in the car, I got really tune in to talk radio but it wasn't sports talk they really didn't have it out there it was kmbr which is i believe another cumulus station and i listened to their guys and and it was i got really i wasn't terribly political this is when rush was big yeah also he started off in sacramento by the way and he used to be the kansas city royals pr director interesting yeah that's how he started in the biz and so i i love the way they talked and i found out very quickly how professionals can make their job look so easy and amateur thinks they can do it. Yeah. So moved out here, uh, actually went to a radio school in San Francisco. Okay. And got some, I was the only guy, the only student out of 300 students that want to do talk radio. Everybody else just want to spin records and read liners, and I thought that was boring as hell. So I did that, got a, got a job at, at a 50,000-watt station in Modesto, California. It's about a two-hour drive. I did it every Saturday, and I did it for free. And it was the worst talk show in the history of mankind. 
Were you were you hosting or were you producing? I was hosting. You were hosting. Okay. A single host. So if I got a call, I would I would latch onto that like like it was the end of the world. I might keep him on for forty five minutes because <laughs> you know the one thing about Rush I will say, and even Norm back in the day, even though Norm used his producer a lot, talking to yourself to me is mind numbing. Yeah, you're just talking. It's very 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 difficult, and and that's why people need to give Norm. A lot, a lot of credit for hosting a solo and show. And Chuck was the a, same way. Right. And it's, he leaned it's on callers. To do. He leaned on callers and be, before he started berating them. Hey, Duncan McPhail, last day, right? Oh, Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. Tuesday. I'll come, last Saturday. Oh, wow. I'll come in and talk to you when we're all done. But he's retiring. That's going to be sad. I love me some Duncan. All right. So we move out of here. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, I'm 35 at the time. And I'm thinking, if I'm going to ever make a career change, I really like this radio stuff, but I know it's not going to pay squat. And I'll see if I, I if I can do this all because the cost of living in Texas was much lower. Yeah, sure. So I got a job up at KD, uh, KDNT up in Denton, and that was kind of the – I don't think it was tied to the school. Anyway, they knew I was in sales, and they said, okay, we'll give you a two-hour talk show five days a week, and then you got to go out and sell it the rest of the time. And it was – you know, I had to commute from – bedford and go up there and do that and i really enjoyed it i got on a lot of guests because i realized if i'm gonna if i don't want to talk to myself and don't have to rely on callers i'm gonna put on guests i put on everybody i get books and i so that happened and then then the station went all spanish in about four months and naturally you i know learn spanish (laughs) no 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 so i so i'm scouring seeing what's going on and i find uh where you can, uh, they actually, you get hired doing traffic reports. So there was a guy that was needed openings, and actually they did the all the feeds for the various states. They subcontract out. So whenever you hear people on the ticket, it's actually probably somebody broadcasting from another place, another studio, and they, they get to sell their own time. So my slot was during Rush Limbaugh, the most highly listened to show during the week tough competition tough competition but but it was no but it was good um uh, exposure for me sure and then but i was getting kind of bored with it you know you get up there for a minute and, and then oh in the beginning i actually had to get in a car and go to the latest accident and report from it well that seems it was morbid it was no it was just it was pain in the buck because I actually the only thing that was cool about it is I had the uh, carte blanche to drive on the shoulder so I could get to it. Mm. So that was kind of neat. Did you throw the flashers on, or did they get one of those like magnetic red lights Both. to put on top of your Both. car? Like so that, that. was kind of cool, <laughs> but it was old. And it got old. So anyway, so I'm reading the paper one day and I read Barry Horn's column, and there's a rumor that there's going to be an all sports station coming to town. Well, at the time, also I was doing that GT on call. GT on call is something Mike Reiner started. And it was basically a recorded line for bookies and people that bet. Oh, gotcha. Like and, a touting service. Yeah, like an Mark, early touting Mark Falwell service. worked there. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember a couple other people. And by the way, at that time, so this was back in 92, 93, 20 bucks an hour to work from your house. It's pretty good. Yeah. And all you have to do, and this is when Internet was first getting started, so I had to pull up Prodigy. The worst part about it was I had to uh, uh, get scores off the bottom tickers off espn right well at the time they would cut those off during commercials so i'd have to wait for the whole thing to revolve around again but but you do a you do recording every 20 minutes and that's how i met 
Mike Reiner. That's like it. And so when this thing first started, I was berating Mike with call with phone calls and God knows what. Never got a call back. Nothing. And I'm starting to read more stuff. The rumors are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and this thing might actually come to light. And three days before the ticket goes on the air on January twenty fourth, Mike Reiner calls me. And he goes, Hey, you ever run a board before? And I lied. <laughs> of course. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you bet. Absolutely. How hard can it be? Well, we need a we need a board guy for the weekends. Can you work the weekends? Can you work Saturday, Sunday? And uh, and I said, absolutely. So, and I also did some producing. You know, I I kind of was a, kind of a jack of all trades. I was I was doing nothing essentially except being up there. And, and it was broadcasting from the old. Uh, what studio was it, Kern? Off of... Uh, it was the Eagle, wasn't it? Yeah, off of um, the tollway. Yeah. And um, and we were sharing a studio with the Eagle, who hated us. And so that was real interesting. And at the time, when you produced, you were in a totally different room. You, the host couldn't see you. And this is when we thought, the ticket personnel thought, the only way you were going to show any credibility is to take a lot of phone calls. And talk sports and show that you know what you're talking about. So you'd have to you'd get a phone call, you'd write it down on a piece of paper, and you have to run it into the studio. There was no computer screens, no nothing, right? And that worked okay for a while. But I was also the oldest guy there outside of Mike Fernandez. Mike Fernandez uh, produced for Skip because he knew him from somewhere else. Well, that relationship got old pretty quick. And then I, then I moved up. It, I, I, I swear, in this business, if you just stick around, you'll move up as long as you're fairly competent, right? If you can stay afloat financially. Yes, that's the hard that's part. That's the hardest part about it is if you, if you can somehow weather the storm of making basically nothing and figure out a way to pay your bills while you're making nothing, which is obviously very difficult And I'll always to thank my wife at the time, now my ex, that she pretty much bankrolled that. Yeah. And I knew it. And she knew it. I knew it. And I would get side gigs. One thing was good about the ticket, I also like writing. So I would get all these side jobs because of the ticket. And so that helped out a little bit. And then somebody left, and I became the board op for Kurt Menifee. And that was only two hours. So I'd have to drive from my house in Grapevine to the station for a two-hour shift and then leave. And then it came down to the point where, I know we're going a little bit long, but it came down to the point where uh, Fernando and Skip had a falling out. And since I was the oldest producer there, they figured I was also the most mature. So were they accurate? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I dealt with, and believe me, when you when you hear my roster of people I've worked with up there, um, so I worked with Skip, uh, six to ten, and then I also produced for. Um, <laughs> Didn't you run into him a while back, and you said that he basically just acted like he didn't even know you? Yes. And every That's morning, very on brand. Every, mor- every morning, very. I'd see him in the parking lot. I would get there. It was a six o'clock shift. I'd get there about five fifteen, and he would be in his little MR two, eating chicken breasts and going over whatever. And then he'd blow into the studio about ten minutes before what we got today. And he was just—he was already that. And uh, and then at some point, I can't imagine money has changed him much. Uh, no, he's he's always that way. Right. And then what happened was the laddie came, comes on board, uh, Mike Michael Thompson, 
and he realizes right away his best shows are middays. And so he moves the musers to the morning, kicks Skip out, and uh, moves the hardline to the afternoon. And then brought in... Uh, Robinson? Bo- uh, no, brought in uh, Bob, and Bob. Bob was doing the night shift. They, we, God, we had a whole bunch of guys. We had Mike Fisher. We had just a whole menagerie of midday hosts until we until they arrived at Bob and Dan. Oh, Baby. No, they had Rocco. Rocco before. So my so my roster working at the ticket was Skip, Rocco. Rocco Pindola. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, then I produced Chuck Cooperstein. Mm-hmm. Coop. All who's a right. great guy, but he's intense, very New York intense. And then Bob and Dan, mm-hmm. who are maybe some of the hardest workers at the station, but they're also <clears> – I actually just got to a point where I was too old for the job. Yeah. Being a producer. you got to wipe a lot of noses, and you got to, you know, you gotta, you got to be a caddy. Well, and, and, and that's what you are as a, as, a, as a producer. You're a sure. caddy of the of the host. And you also, at some point, want to start doing a little bit better financially. And, you know, producers, they do okay. I mean, they, well, you, they do fine. at least you're on salary and you get benefits. That's right. Exactly. You know, when you're a board op or a, or a fill in, you, oh, you're making butt kiss, man. And, uh, but that's, that's the way it is. If you can hold out, like you said, that's how that goes. And then, uh, then on Saturday mornings, what happened, they had a bunch of specialty shows. And one of them was a golf show. And the golf writer at the morning news at the time was Jeff Rude. And Jeff Rude. Any relation to ravishing Rick Rude? No. Okay. But one of the also deals, uh, Dave, God, what was his name? Darn it. Dave, not Dave Wilson, because he was one of our board ops. <laughs> Dave Smith. He was their editor. And this is back when uh, uh, Randy Galloway was working at BAP. And for some reason, he had this control freak mentality that he wouldn't let his, his newspaperman, his journalist, go in and out of breaks. He made Randy Galloway have a sidekick that went in and out of breaks. He didn't want his host. I have no idea why. Whatever. So the same thing happened with Jeff Rude. And I was working the board on Sundays during that golf show. And so it came to find out he was a better writer than a talk host. And he started leaning on me a lot to talk about golf. And finally, Mike Reiner said, do you know anything about golf? Because we're thinking about making a change. And that's how it started. There you go. And so and then I've had a million co-hosts since then. And it all led to today. And it's all it's been awesome. Um, and then it also led to, to Avid Golfer. Right. And uh, back in started there 2002. So it all I can say, if you want to get in the business, be persistent. It's a little bit easier nowadays with social media. You can start your own podcast. You don't have to send in 19,000 audio tapes, air checks. Uh, you can send them whole shows. And and a and a program director can actually listen to them, and or you don't even need a radio yeah. station. You could do your own. Yep. Right. So, but that's how that started, and it's been 29 years later, and it's still killing it, and I'm amazed and and grateful. It's been a great time. Yeah. Same here, man. Absolutely. All right. 9:39 on the ticket. That was brought to you by. What do we got? Well, let's just call it uh, Crest Cars. It's Crest Infinity, Crest Volvo, Crest Cadillac. Uh, come up here in Frisco, get all those fine brands, get your car service, get a great breakfast, get great barbecue, and uh, the service is par excellence. And you can say goodbye to uh, Duncan McPhail, yeah. whose last day last is, Saturday. is Tuesday of all times. Yep. Great guy. Loved working with him. All right, up next, John Rahm is trying to do something for, well, hasn't been done all that often. And we'll tell you what that is next, right after we talk about the greatness of pure swing golf. 
So Craig and I have gone there. We're getting Eli there soon. Uh, Anthony Broussard and his great staff over Pure Swing over by the Galleria off Alpha in Dallas. Uh, they have four awesome hitting bays, um, every piece of information you'd ever want, and they're all superb teachers because they don't try and wholesale change you if you don't want it. They try and tweak you to what you have to work with, and it's all about your goal. Do you want to be a scratch golfer? Well, it's going to take you some time and effort and practice, but they can do it for you. If you just want to be better or you want to play vanity golf, so when you play with your buddies or playing charity events, you look like you know what you're doing, they can do that too. They taught me how to hit a draw with a driver, which was 100% not doable before I met him. <laughs> it was, with them, it's 100% doable. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least there's a better chance for it. And recently I shot two rounds that I haven't shot in years. I shot a pair of four over pars over 18 holes which is pretty darn good for me. I was usually a mid-low to mid-80s golfer. And so that was truly an amazing feat for me, and I give them all the credit. And uh, you should do that as well, pureswinggolf.com. They can also do club fitting for you. They can throw. They can do putting lessons for you. They've given Craig some really good putting lessons. And he needed it. They and needed it worked. It. And you should go there too because, uh, like I said, sometimes it's just slight tweaks. And when you, when you get it, when you get that muscle memory down, you go, wow, how did I do that? When you hit that one great shot, uh, they'll tell you how, why. So you can do it again. Be repeatable. So it's all there. At Pure Swing Golf, you can also check them out on um, uh, Instagram at, uh, at PSG Dallas. At PSG Dallas for Instagram or pureswinggolf.com. Uh, people are asking me, if I was a day one or I and I am, still am. I think one of six people. There's a uh, production guy, Steve Pryor. He was cactus. a day one. The cactus. He was a board op at the time. And then you have George and Craig. Gordon didn't. St- I think he started day one as a bit guy for Skip, and you know how well that probably went. And then he bounced between the hard line and and Dunham and Miller. And uh, let's see, Mike Reiner is a day oneer. I think that's about it. Uh, Mark Elfenbein was a day winner, but then he left. He went to a different radio station mm-hmm. for a while, and then he came back. So there's not many of us left. I'd like to have gotten odds on what on being a day winner through 29 years would have got me, especially in this business. <clears throat> a job writing for avid golfer? Yeah, maybe. Yeah? Maybe. All right. So speaking of golf, we will mix with uh, just – was it just, just for kill, fun? Just killing just time. Just killing time. I'm so confused at what these these shows. We get a different one each week. Think uh, think of it like the uh, Clint Black song, "Just Killing Time." Yeah, and I have a record that might never be broken when I when we talk to them. Is it a Clint Black record? No, no. Oh. But John Rahm is trying to win three straight PGA Tour events, not in consecutive weeks because he took a week off, and he's only two off the lead. Chances are he hasn't imploded a lot lately. His record last 10 rounds is off the charts. He would be a plus 12.8 handicap right now. That's how yeah. well he's playing. So that means if you are if you are wandering this earth as a scratch golfer, he would be giving you almost 13 strokes. <laughs> and that's right what when Tiger was in his heyday. And again, this is playing on major tracks. Yeah, PGA Tour caliber PGA Tour caliber tracks 7700 yards. This, yes, and he's a plus almost 13. It has happened, um, let's see, 
It's happened 16 times. Three straight wins? Yeah. Like 16 times total or 16 different players? Total. Uh, I'm going to say the number of times that Tiger accomplished it out of the 16 is 11. Uh, It would be 14. (laughs) So almost all of the instances of three consecutive wins were Tiger. I remember uh, uh, Nick Price did it, I believe. uh, Who's the other one? Uh, David Duvall did it. Not many. All right. Of course, there. Nelson had, what, 11 straight? Yeah. Uh, and Tiger won seven? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So it's the beginning of the 97 season, there have been 62 chances where a player teeing it up on the tour won two previous starts. Only 18 times out of 62, that's about 30%, did that player go on to win the third time. So Tiger has done it 14 of the 18. Pretty impressive. <clears throat> so that's what he's trying to do today. Um, now, the other part, <clears throat> excuse me, the other part I thought was interesting was, so I thought this was an interesting stat, a little off off center. Since they've gotten married, these players have not won a major. Okay. Rory, Jordan, Justin, DJ, Colin. Well, Colin got married in the offseason. Well, so did, so did, did J- J- I was going to say, Justin Thomas so got married JT. like last week. So did JT. Kepka, Finau, and Zalatoris also got married over the winter. Wait a minute. Finau hasn't won an event since he got married? Major. Major. Okay. Major, yeah. Well, that's a little different. I know, but still. I, mean, I winning, just thought it was Winning majors fun. is hard. <laughs> uh, okay. So there's a lot of things that John Rahm has done in his, I believe it's 150 starts, something like that. He has won 10 times worldwide. He's going for his 11th, I believe. Okay. I think this would be his 10th PGA Tour win, correct? Mm, I don't think so. I'll have to look at that. You can look at that while I try and give you the stat. Oh, all right. Tiger, at the same age, only had 30 more wins. Only? only I'm laughing. Yeah. Only. <laughs> So when you're comparing whatever feats you have accomplished against Tiger, it's always going to come in second. Just ridiculous. I thought that was amazing, though, that he's got roughly – so Rom has how many total? I'm working on it. Oh. Working on it. Working on it. Nine PGA Tour wins. PGA Tour. So yep. he gets he's ten. Got, he's got eight international victories, nine PGA Tour so wins. So he's got 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, or 17. 17. And Tiger had 30 more. That's a lot. By that point. So, and how, he, all I can think of is this, and thank goodness for common sense and the right time. Because if Tiger was born 40 years earlier, this never happens. Didn't let the first black player yeah. play on tour was in 67. Mm-hmm. Charlie Sifford. So, um, sometimes you luck out when you have a just – a ridiculous player like that, and he had the opportunity to actually do it. By the way, you want to hear another crazy stat? I do. Tony Gwynn, one of my favorite oh, players. Th- there are nothing more satisfying than, in baseball, Greg Maddox stats and Tony yep. Gwynn stats. So here's a Tony Gwynn for you. He could go, he could have gone 0 4, 1199 at bats. Okay? Mm-hmm. So hitless in his last almost 1200 at bats. And still retires a 300 hitter. 
So if he finished his career going over twelve hundred, he would have finished just below three hundred, just above three hundred. Just well, if he uh, he had one more at bat, so I'm yeah. assuming his average would have dropped How probably about to two ninety nine if he'd had twelve hundred. How about that? That's pretty uh, pretty good. And lastly, I uh, also want to thank. We're talking about the twenty ninth anniversary. We got to give big thanks to one Spence Kendrick who yeah. bankrolled the whole thing. And um, yeah, he was just the right person at the right time. Uh, he loved talk radio. Figured there was a chance to buy a station. He and Mike Reiner kind of spearheaded it. And uh, if it wasn't for him, none of this would be here. None of it. I might be working here at Crest. Might be. Taking over Duncan's spot That's right. as, as yeah, exactly. GM of Volvo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Okay, so up next, let's mix with Just Killing Time. And I have a th- I think there's a record that might never be broken. It is a 10.01 on the ticket. I know we went a little bit long, but uh, fun show today. A lot of people to thank. Don't forget Crest Cars, CrestCars.com, Volvo, Cadillac, Infinity. If you go by the Volvo showroom, say goodbye to one Duncan McPhail. He's one of the partners here, and he's hanging it up. Yep. Kicking the can down the road, and he's going to go enjoy life, and he is one of the good ones. He's he's the guy that got me in my first Volvo. How about this? I've now had three of them. There you go. And I bought a ton of cars here as well. So, anyway, I also want to thank Kern out of your engineering. Back at the station, we have, I know it's Connor, Connor Caldwell. Doing a great job today, by the way. Thank you. And Ryan Baldwin <laughs> doing tickers. And is he still alive? <laughs> Yeah, but, did, did you pass? Are you related to Rache Caldwell that used to play wide receiver for the Florida Gators? Okay. Just no, curious. he just has a friend that lives in Caldwell, Arizona. <laughs> That's about what I got out of him. And, uh, yeah, Ryan Baldwin doing tickers twice an hour. Thanks to you. I hope not. <laughs> no. No. And let's see, anything else? Oh, don't forget to check out Golf Moose, golfmoose.com. There's a boatload of great golf courses on there for a, a mere pittance of the price. And uh, also, check out the current issue of Avid Golfer magazine. Go to myavidgolfer.com or find it at your PGA Tour Superstores, which are a proud sponsor of us. Yeah, yeah. And then be on the lookout for February. February is going to knock you out. Might You're gonna be, like it's it. going to be one of our best covers ever, and it's a harken back to the salad days when everybody absolutely had to pick up an Avid Golfer magazine. And I think some of you might know why, but we're we're playing the hits for our 25th uh, anniversary. That is correct. And Eli and our photographer Jason Wesh did a fantastic job. and uh, <clears throat> It'll give you hope. Very good. All right, without further ado, we bring on... Uh, the show just called Just Killing Time. Jonathan Dodd, Kevin Landrum. Uh, what was last week? Just having fun. I'm losing track of all these shows you guys <laughs> are. You mean the Fun House? The Fun House. Just having. Just fun. scratching ourselves. Well, I, I don't know. I that would be the name of my show if I if I ever start a podcast. That's what I'll call it. The Reach just, Around. Just scratching myself. <laughs> How are you, boys? To make it easier for you. We're great. We're great. We are actually out at bit. the grand opening of Synergenics and Prosper. It's the corner of nice. and University. That's right. From 8 a.m. till noon today, you can get a free tea test and free breakfast. We're also giving out some signed sports memorabilia with a raffle. And, uh, yeah, having a good time, hanging out. Yeah. Have you but guys also, taken, uh, I want, have you taken your that? tea test yet? 
Not yet, but uh, I think we're gonna do. I'm gonna do that afterwards. You I should yeah. compare, it, and contrast, yeah. <laughs> like in the shower. We're gonna see who wins. Who yeah. wins? I, the higher I got <laughs> the la- the last time that I did a remote. Uh, I think our maybe our last remote with Country Force was at one of their locations, and I had my tea tested. Was it high or low? Did they told me I was basically a woman. I, I, <laughs> You're wow. It was like six. I was like, oh, that's great. That Are we learning something good. right now? <laughs> What's up? No, 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 none of that. But yeah, I, it was low. Estrogen Eli. It was low. That's not well, also, I would Rick, do. I, I wanted yes. to point something out to you. Just yes, I want to make it easier next Uh-oh. time that we mix with our show. Yep. So the just killing time. The J is Jonathan, and the K yep. is Kevin. I'll forget. Just to it. make it easier for you. Yeah, I know. Uh, okay, buddy, I'm 66. I can't even remember what I just had for dinner last night. So, and and it's never the same show two Saturdays in a row. It, well, they're yeah. they're auditioning. They're trying to find. Well, I know, a but permanent time. Slot. That's what I'm saying. I'm rotating. I'm trying to. Yeah. That's that's why I write everything down so I kind of have a clue what's going on. All right. So, if you go to my Twitter feed at our net Rick, I just posted something that we're going to talk about for a couple minutes. So, I don't know how. I, came across this oh i know how it was it's a nice looking shirt i want one of those mike um mike bros and the man um <clears throat> so i'm looking at this video and it's on youtube and it's chronicling the longest field goal that's possible okay based on physics or based on this is the actual longest field goal that's ever been physics kicked. and w- what or who is kicking it and the reason i got to it is I went ahead and Googled how far could an Iron Byron hit a golf ball. Okay. All right. Iron Byron is a mechanical golfer that they put all the different clubs in. It can have the same exact swings, speed, everything, path, and they can start testing clubs and shafts and balls. And and that's what the USGA does when they look to see if a a piece of equipment is conforming. Okay? Okay. They can dial it in. But for some reason, I came across this this YouTube site, and it was all about YouTube site, YouTube site, YouTube page, YouTube video, YouTube video. Okay, thank you. I told you I'm 66. Give me a break. The fact that I even know what YouTube is, is is a feather in my cap. And I see it, and it um, it pretty much shows. They, so they had uh, Prater. The, the field goal kicker? Matt Prater, yes. So he's got the longest field goal from a, from a human is 66 yards, okay. right? Okay, yep. Uh-huh. And that was up in uh, altitude in Denver, I believe. Yep, mile high. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And so these guys came up with this bit where they tried to come up with an iron byron for a field goal kicker. Right. Okay, a mechanical leg. Like a trebuchet that kicks field goals. Yeah. As I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm you'll be amazed at, one, the impact of the football by this robot, how much it caves in. And they were showing that it wasn't underinflated. They, were, they couldn't even push it in. It was so inflated. And it pretty yeah. much almost bends it in half. Yes. So that was real interesting. And so Just th- wait and see what they can do to your skull whenever they eventually take over the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll happen. AI is fast yeah. approaching. Yeah. yeah, we're in trouble. For fun. Yeah. We're going to take human heads and punt them. So they go back and forth, human against machine. And what was amazing is they couldn't figure out in the beginning the trajectory. So this robot would kick like a, a 
50, 60-yard field goal and kick it straight in the air. The hang time would be like 15 seconds, and they would still kick it through the goalpost, right? Finally, at the end, the field goal kicker, before his leg fell off, literally, it, they snapped, you know, it had to do almost a full circle, mm-hmm. and it snapped off due to the torque, kicked a 105-yard field goal. <laughs> seems seems it's reasonable. Like, it's like Herman Munster, right, <laughs> hitting a ball around the world. <laughs> but I never could find how far an Iron Byron could hit a golf ball. It, ha- it would have to be longer than a long drive yeah. contest, As- right? Yes, of course. But the last one I saw was like in the early aughts when they said the longest it would be able to be hit would be 350 yards. No, no way. As that's what I said. I mean, Happy Gilmore could do 400. <clears throat> okay, yeah. but I mean, realistically, like so, the the like reigning like three or four time defending world long drive champion Kyle Berkshire. Yeah, he's hit one 490. I think is his like long ever. Yeah, in competition, I think it's something like 440. But I mean, he's like a hit a 200 yard nine iron. But I mean, he's just a dude. I mean, yeah. unless they're unless they're basically if they're basing it on. Once the swing speed gets to a point, it like just shatters the yeah. golf ball or right. something like where. But yeah, I mean, you'd think it'd have to be five, six, seven hundred yards at least. Like I wonder how yeah, far, least. I wonder how far an iron, uh, an iron batter could hit a gu- baseball before that turned into just you know, yarn. Well, Rick, <laughs> literally, that's a good question. Video where a guy, he's an engineer, he put like basically shotgun shells attached to a bat, and it yep. would explode the ball. And it would go like seven, eight hundred feet. Saw that obliterate the ball. Yeah, and they had other ones that were hitting, hitting an like a, a big iron uh, obstacle, and the and the ball first would flatten, and then it would just yeah. disappear. It right. would just disintegrate. I've, I've seen them shoot baseballs out of those air cannons before, <laughs> or you know the, the same thing where they'll shoot two by fours out of them to determine yeah. what like tornado winds will yeah. do to like a house or a wall. <laughs> They'll do just baseballs like that, but it, they just <laughs> yeah. explode. It just explodes the baseball. But my curiosity is like anything in in for human feet. How you know whoever knew that? I bet I guarantee two hundred years. Anybody said they could uh, high jump seven feet. They could pole vault twenty feet. Sub four minute mile. Sub four minute mile. All yeah. that kind of stuff. Sub two hour marathon. What is our absolute limit as a human to do these things? And I wonder what our limit is for kicking. If somebody's going to kick a seventy yard field goal, I, I can tell you that I'm not ever going to be a person that's going to demonstrate what the human body can do at that level. A <laughs> hundred yard dash. <laughs> that I can tell you. So, what well, do you guys got on the show today? Okay. Uh, well, we, uh, that we was an abrupt segue. <laughs> well, I, I want to so we make sure go. that we're maximizing <laughs> yeah, their yeah, time yeah. here. We're already two minutes late. Oh, so. I thought this was good content. Well, well I just want to—I want them to. No, have, it was. Have it a was. good long I had show. something to say, because they're just killing time. Cut me off. <laughs> well, I'm right? Sorry, I just yeah. want you guys to. So, want so, you guys. So to what'd you have to say? What'd you have to say? Real quick. Cowboys, NFL, Mavs, sports. You know what? Just based on that, I think you win the slot. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, boys. Have a great weekend. Have a good show. You too. See See you. I'm amazed how much the shaft mattered.